You are listening to Hands at Work Audio. Tommy Melster is a volunteer for Hands at Work in Africa. He's from the UK, but he's been in Africa for five and a half years. He shared on the subject of accountability at our Going Deeper meeting in June 2016. Morning, everyone. Um, so this morning is Going Deeper. Um, at Going Deeper, we, we take time to take um, one topic that's central to us as hands, um, and we look at it in a bit more detail. Um, and so this morning, we're going to be looking at accountability. Um, so accountability, as we all know, is one of our core values as hands. Um, our core values are those things which keep us uh, in, line with, um, in line with what we've um, been uh, called to uh, and what we, what we want to move forward in as we, do, we walk this out um, with God and with each other. Um, and so, yeah, being accountable is, is one of our core values. And so there's a few different things I want to touch on this morning. Um, being accountable um, can be broken into a few different parts. And so I want to kind of break it into a few different sections this morning. Um, so first of all, I wanna, I'm going to go through how we hold ourselves accountable to God and what that looks like. Um, secondly, I'm going to look at how we hold ourselves accountable to each other. Um, so not only in how do we hold others accountable, but how people then hold us accountable as well. Um, and then lastly, I'm, I'm just going to talk about how we, um, how we hold ourselves accountable to our work. And so whether that's in the office or working around here at the village or whether we're in the communities, um, how are we holding ourselves accountable to, to our calling um, and to our, our everyday tasks. Um, so at, at its most basic, um, being held accountable or being accountable um, is kind of picking up those things that we've been assigned to do or that, we've, that we feel strongly convicted to do and actually going through with them and having people speak into that. Um, having people walk alongside us and say, are you doing what you said you are going to do? Um, now, that can be a, a variety of different things. Like I said, it, whether it's uh, in our work, you know, it's those tasks we have every day are we, are we holding ourselves accountable to that? Um, and are we having other people hold us accountable to that? Um, but then there's, there's also those like, central core things in our faith. Um, and th- those ones are the bit more tricky ones. Um, those ones are the ones that we maybe try and keep a bit more private, a bit more safe. Um, and so those ones are going to be kind of the main focus of what I want to talk about this morning. Um, and it, it's really, it's not, when we talk about being accountable, it's, it's not just um, our time, um, our thoughts, our actions, but it's, it's all different things in our lives. It's our finances. Um, it's those things that we try and, try and hide away from other people, things that we maybe think are a bit more private. Uh, it's, it's all areas of our lives that we, we need to be held accountable in. Um, so we're going we're gonna to look a bit like that this morning. But it's also in our, in our walk with God that we also need to hold accountable. Um, as I was thinking about it, it's, it's like walking on that path and you, you get to that place where it splits into two. And if we're not being held accountable, we, we have that choice, right? We can go this way or we can go this way. Um, but when we do have, we are being held accountable to God and to our, by other people and holding other people accountable, we can walk those paths together. 
um, and we don't have to make that choice by ourselves. And actually, when we, we do have, I guess, the freedom uh, to make that choice by ourselves, that's a dangerous thing, right? That's, that's where we, we're going into um, some dangerous situations if we get to that place and we find ourselves alone. Um, and so that's another reason why it's super important that we need to, to be talking about this accountability. Um, so first of all, like I said, I want to talk about being accountable to God. Um, as I was looking um, through the Bible and, and trying to pick out some scriptures, um, one that came up is, is Romans 14, verse 12. Um, it's, it's a time when Paul is writing a letter to the Romans, and as he's writing it to them, uh, he's heard of that they're condemning each other and they're, um, they're fighting against each other and there's some disunity. And so as he's writing this letter um, in verse 12, it says, So then, each of us will give us himself a personal account to God. Um, I'll just read that again. So then, each of us will give himself a personal account to God. And so Paul brings this up in his letter to the Romans because he wants to emphasize to them um, that although they're condemning each other, what's actually happening is, um, well, Paul is saying to them, you, you are being held accountable because at the end of time, you have to say all these things to God and give yourself of the personal account of the things that you've done. And so when you're condemning those other people, God's going to pick on those things and he's going to say, hang on a minute, what, what was this about? Or what was this about? Um, and so Paul was saying that to the Romans, but it very much applies to us as well. Um, and that's, that's a strong thing. Um, as I was reading through this and, and reflecting on this verse, um, I was you know, a bit thrown off and um, it made me stop for a, a good like five or ten minutes and just reflect on this verse. And as I was reflecting on it, I was thinking, wow, that, that's big. Like having to give a personal account to God of all those things that I've done in my life. Um, it's a scary thing, right? Um, I think for me, when, when I was having that time of reflection, um, there was those uh, feelings of guilt, of shame, um, and of, yeah, just a, a real, wow, this is, this is a huge thing. Um, it made me reflect on all those areas in my life when I have fallen short um, and, and not lived up to, to God's standard. And, and yeah, it's, it's a tough thing. Um, but alongside this, we know that each of us is broken. Uh, in this community, we're a community of broken people walking with other broken people. We know that all of us have fallen short of God's glory. Um, and so there's a, there's a comfort in that, knowing that in, in my own brokenness, we are all broken. So we are together in our brokenness. And so in our brokenness, how, how can we wrestle through that and, and help ourselves hold, hold ourselves accountable to God? Um, I think a lot of it um, reflects on what George shared last week um, at Word and Worship about living devotionally. And in those times that we have, um, that we want to set aside each day uh, to spend time with God, uh, in those times we can really focus on how are we being accountable to God. Um, in our prayer times, how are we using those 
to the best of our ability. Um, there's a few different schools of thought around there about how we use prayer times. Um, but uh, as I was reading a few weeks ago, um, just trying to look at my prayer life and, and what that means, um, one, of, one of the things that hit me was um, this guy was saying that in your prayer times, do you confess your sins to God? Um, and very strongly linked in with what we're talking about this morning of, of holding ourselves accountable to God is actually looking for those things in our life that we, we have fallen short. Um, those sins in our life um, that if we're not confessing them uh, on a daily basis, um, how can we ever get to a place where we can have that healing? Uh, if we're not setting aside that time, um, how can we be digging deep in our own lives um, and, and holding ourselves accountable? And on top of that, if we're not spending that time uh, confessing our sins and, and reaching out to God for his forgiveness, it's actually creating a barrier between us and between God. Um, and and the longer that we, we don't do this, that barrier just gets stronger and stronger. And, and we're not humbling ourselves before him. Um, and, and when we do do that, we can see that getting closer and closer again. And, and many times, over and over again in the Bible, it, does, it talks about confessing our sins. And even when we look at the Lord's Prayer, right, right in there is um, the line, uh, for, you know, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And that just shows how central it is to our relationship with God that we do take this time to confess our sins. And, you know, I put up my hand and say, you know, I haven't been doing this as much as I need to. And so... As part of this, I'm, I'm asking you to hold me accountable to that. Um, at, at church on Sunday, um, we go to the Anglican church and, and we read from uh, what's called the, common, the Book of Common Prayer. Um, and, and during the liturgy that we say every week, um, a, pe- a very specific part of that is about confessing our sins. Um, so it encourages us to look at our sins but actually it also encourages us to look at those things that we haven't done during that week. I'm sure many of us can think about those things that we do that are sins, but actually on the flip side, there are also those things that we feel that stirring to go and do that, but we, for whatever reason, we don't do it. And, and so to kind of flip our thinking around and say, actually that in itself is also a sin. By not just doing something that, you know, we, we all get that urge that, from, I think, our conscience of God prompting us to say, you need to go and do that, um, in those things that we are not doing as well, um, we're, being, um, we're being called to repent of those things as well. And, and that's, I think, a big one for me. Um, I think there's many times when I've not done something out of a fear or out of, um, yeah, what will that person think of me? Um, and it's, it's those things that are also sins. And so I, I do like that time that I have every uh, week on a Sunday when I get to reflect on those things that I have not done during that week that I should have done. Um, so I would encourage us to, to also be thinking, um, start thinking along those lines as well. Um, but we're definitely not alone in this struggle, right, of, of, of confessing our sins and, and laying ourselves before God. 
Um, in the book of Jeremiah, um, God's speaking to Jeremiah, and he says this very harsh and bold statement. Uh, in seven, uh, chapter 17, verse 9, he says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? That's, that's a strong verse. Um, and it's right there, and, and God says it right to Jeremiah. And so even before Jesus' time, uh, before he was here on earth, God has been warning us to check our hearts, to look inside our hearts and see those things um, that we don't want others to see, those bad things that we keep locked up in there. Um, but there, there, is, there is grace, right? There's grace that God gives us. Even despite all this wickedness, these things that we maybe don't confess, um, he still has that grace upon us. Um, and he still has the grace to love us unconditionally. Um, and it's through, through Jesus' sacrifice um, that he, he shines light in those things in our hearts. Those things that, the dark things that we want to keep locked up and don't want to let other people know. It's those things where Jesus enters in, and in the darkest place, he shines that light in us. Um, he shines the brightest in the places where we don't want him to go, and he, he breaks through, um, and he, he wants us to take those dark things out and, and put his light uh, inside those things. And we know that when this does happen, when, when Jesus' light comes into our hearts, it brings great healing. Um, we have to be willing to allow that, right? We have to be able to be in a place where we can ask him to come in and, and forgive us for those things that we've done and, and not done. And, and it is a choice. It's a choice that we make every day to allow him in. Um, and if we don't create that space then we're, we're robbing ourselves. We're, we're robbing ourselves of our relationship with God. And in, in turn, that will flow out and, and rob us of relationship with others. Um, so if we're not creating that space um, for Jesus to come into our hearts, then, um, then we, we need to be creating that space. Um, and very much I'm speaking to myself here as well. Um, but I think all of us can testify when we have had those times of, of confessing certain things, there is that lightness that comes. There's a, we can feel things physically be lifting off us. Um, having said that, it doesn't make it any easier. Um, and we're still tempted to, um, to not make that time and to choose other things and to um, put things ahead of God. Um, so, yeah, it's not easy. Um, but if we can, we can, we know what healing it brings. Um, that will encourage us to, to keep doing these things. Um, and it's important to remember that being tempted um, to, to go that other way is not necessarily a sin in itself, but when we, when we um, submit to our temptations, that, that's where we start to go into that place where um, it's, it's, it's a dark place. Um, but we know this is our human flesh fighting against um, the spiritual realms. And it's a constant battle. If we ever think that we've, we've won or we've got there, we haven't got there. Um, it's a constant battle that we're in. Um, and in Galatians 5, 
we we all know this verse. Um, it talks about the fruits of the spirit. Uh, but just before this, it, it actually gives us uh, quite a few examples of those things um, that we're called to to steer clear of in this spiritual battle: um, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension. Division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other things like these. Um, but looking at all those things that can steer us wrong, just in the very next verse, God gives us our spiritual armor. That's stuff that we can put on, and we can build into in our lives, and we can seek after that can help combat these things. Um, and yeah, like George said last week, love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and faithfulness. Um, now, the important thing with these fruits of the spirit is that if we if we don't strive for them, if we don't have them concealed in our heart, it's going to be very difficult to to pull those out at the times when that temptation does come. Um, and we know, right? It's not a question of if those temptations come, but when they come. Um, and so, again, I'm saying this to myself as, as to you guys, but how, how much do we spend time with these fruits of the Spirit? How, how much time do we invest in, in building those up in our own lives? Um, how do we hold each other accountable in, in that? And so God gives us the spiritual armor and our quiet times. And it's those times when he... I'm sure there's many others, but it's those times when we can um, help ourselves, hold ourselves accountable to God. Um, But on top of the spiritual armor and those quiet times, he also gives us other people. He gives us friends, family, co-workers, um, other believers, um, many different people that we can seek out um, to help hold us accountable. And so that's where I want to move on to next. Now, you may be thinking, well, why do I need someone else in my life to know all my things that I don't want anyone else to know? Why, why do I need that person? Um, one of the big reasons is that it's dangerous to be left alone with our own temptations. And in James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, uh, he writes, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And that's, again, that's a heavy verse. I apologize for the heavy verses this morning. Um, But where it says, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death, I think, again, that, as I was reflecting on this, that, that struck me as a very strong thing. And it's one of those verses when we, we almost need to take some time and just think about that. It's not one of those ones we can just read and just keep reading, but we need to stop. We need to reflect on that. But it does emphasize the importance of having people hold us, to hold us accountable, um, because we, we can't do it by ourselves. Even though we like to think that we can, um, we have that thing inside us that's like, oh no, I can do this by myself. We, we can't. Um, we, we need other people. We need to invite other people into this. Um, and so as I shared earlier, um, we, are, we are all broken people. And I think that's important to remember when we're thinking about 
um, holding each other accountable and being held accountable, is that we are all broken. Um, those people that are holding us accountable, they do have the same deceitful hearts as the passage in Jeremiah spoke about earlier. It's not, um, yeah, it's not that we, the person holding you accountable has everything figured out, um, but they're walking the same journey that you are. Um, it may be that they have more experience of their journey with God, and in that they can, they can help you. They can um, look at things where you may be straying, and they can say, nope, I've been there. I've, I've walked that path. Uh, let me help you in this. Um, and at the end of the day, the fact that they've offered themselves as, uh, to be accountable and to hold you accountable is showing that they love you and that they care for you. Um, they're looking out for your best interests. They don't want you to wander down this path and end up over here um, with those things in your heart that, that you're keeping to yourselves. Um, they want you to grow and to grow into maturity um, and a, a, a better follower of Christ. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's a scary thing, right, to put up your hand and say, hold me accountable. But why, but why do we feel that way? Um, I think in most cases, it's because we're afraid of being vulnerable. Again, that I'm very much speaking to myself here. Um, but why? Why are we afraid of being vulnerable? Is it because we think we'll be judged? Do we see vulnerability as a sign of weakness? Is it maybe a fear that we're going to be rejected? But I think these, these things I've mentioned and these feelings that we feel, we're, we're not alone in these. I think all of us have those feelings. And again, it's because we live in a fallen world that we have these feelings. But at hands, we're called to live the kingdom culture. We're called to live in a way which lays those things aside, those feelings that we have where we're afraid of being rejected. That's, that's not the kingdom culture. That feeling of seeing vulnerability as a weakness, that's not the kingdom culture. Um, we need to lay down our pride and that feeling where we think we're going to be judged. Again, that's, that's not the kingdom culture. And again, I stress, I'm not saying this from a place who has, from someone who has everything figured out. Um, and we're, we're very much walking in this together. Um, another scripture that, that talks about being accountable to one another uh, is from Ecclesiastes. Uh, and it says, Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, then the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Again, very much speaking to that um, piece I was talking about earlier when if we're being tempted in that place where we're alone, it's a dangerous thing. But I'm sure all of us can testify to those times when we've had friends, family, um, other believers um, walking with us. And, and in those relationships that we do have, we found support, we found healing in those. And, and it's usually in those times when we're going through trials, um, through difficult times, where we found that healing. But I want to encourage us in those times when we're maybe not in those trials or not going through tough times, are we still seeking out that person and being vulnerable to them? In those times when it's 
maybe the small things or the things that we think are the only a small sin. In those things, are we still being vulnerable to people? Are we still asking them to hold us accountable? Or do we think, oh, it's just a small thing, it doesn't matter? Because if we're not getting it right with the small things, then when the big things come, we're not in that place where we have that openness. Um, yeah, and, and those, those small things, sometimes we can think they're so small that we don't need to be held accountable for them. Um, you know, that, that extra five minutes we take at lunch, is, is, are we being held accountable in that? Or because we think it's such a small thing, are we, are we just pushing it to one side? Um, in Proverbs 27, um, there's a verse that says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend should sharpen a friend. And again, this is another verse which emphasizes that relationship that we're called to have with others. Um, we're called to meet regularly with people, and so we can sharpen each other. Um, what do I mean when I say sharpen one another? Um, well, we can think of it physically, like in a battle. We help sharpen our, our tools and our, our weapons, I guess, um, ready for that spiritual battle that I talked about, um, ready for that time when those temptations do come. Are we, are we sharpening each other uh, and being prepared for those times when we will be tempted? Um, but sharpening ourselves can also make us uh, more aware. It can open up our awareness to those things that, like I said, maybe we don't think, maybe because they're so small sins, we don't think that we even need to be held accountable. Um, but as we sharpen each other and dig deeper with each other, we will actually become more aware of those things. Um, as we spend time digging deeper with each other, we can learn from one another and we can learn okay, this person has been through this and, and this person has been through this and they, they can help me with that. And if I see myself creeping along that path, I, I know that this person has also had that same challenge. So I can seek them out. Um, and uh, over time, as we spend more time uh, being held accountable and, and holding others accountable, um, we can see how the temptation comes into our life. And we can maybe start to change things um, to put, put barriers in place to stop those temptations coming in. Um, but it's very difficult to do that when we're just trying to tackle this by ourselves. And it's where we need others to come in um, and to hold us accountable and su- to support us and lift up, lift up our arms. Um, and in, in James uh, chapter 5, verse 16, he writes, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And so right here in this verse, James is saying, confess your sins to one another. It's, it's, not, it's not if you feel comfortable, confess your sins to one another. He's, he's saying, confess your sins to one another. Um, and he's also saying, pray for one another. And so if we're trying to figure this out by ourselves and we're not allowing those other people in, how, how can we know, firstly, what to pray for for other people, but how can we confess our sins to one another if, if we're not having those times um, where we're sitting with other people and, and we're pouring out what, 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 what's going on in here? Um, 
But again, this is something that's super challenging and, and very difficult. Um, and only once we start to take that step of faith um, will we become more comfortable and it feels more natural. Um, but once we do take that step and we start having those meetings and, and feeling comfortable with other people, it, it can actually be a place of real freedom. When we have that person or that place that we can go and we know that we can just spill everything out on the table, how, how freeing is that? That we know that we won't, we won't be judged. We know that that person is there to love and to care for us. Um, it, it can be a really healing and a, a freeing thing. And again, like I said earlier, that, that lightness that we feel of that heavy burden um, being lifted off, off of us. Um, and if, again, if we, if we don't have that person or that time, we're not allowing that time to be held accountable. What we're actually doing is we're, we're giving way for Satan to, to come into our lives. Um, and, and if we don't have that person, there is, there is no backstop. There's, no, there's nothing to stop that sliding that we will, we will get on. Um, and the minute that we, we don't want to be held accountable to something, we know that we're in a bad place. We know that's, that's where there's something going wrong. We know that Satan has gone and he's starting to work in our lives. Um, and so we need that protection. We need that protection of someone else um, to help hold us accountable. And so, uh, kind of in the first little bit, I've been sharing about um, how do we open ourselves to others holding us accountable. But also on the, the reverse to that, how are we holding other people accountable? How are we, why do we not do this more often? For me, it's because I don't like confrontation. I don't like to go up to someone and say what you're doing there is actually not right. Um, I'm sure many other people can relate to that. Um, but again, it's important to remember that what, we, what we're looking at is biblical. And if we're not holding other people accountable, we're not living biblically. Um, and so that, that's a tough thing to wrestle with. When, when I don't go to that person and say, hey, what you've done there is wrong, that's actually me not living biblically and not living to God's will in our lives. Um, but again, what, what's that thing that gets in the way? Um, like I said, it's, for me, it's that confrontation thing. Um, but where does that, where does that stem from? Um, I think it stems from that, that place of not wanting to be judged or looked at in a different way. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's really not, not the point, is it? That's... We shouldn't be thinking about ourselves. We should be thinking about how is this going to help the other person. Um, but the important thing to remember is before we go to, to hold that person accountable, we really have to check our own hearts and our own motives. Why, why are we going to hold that person accountable? Is it because we think, oh, no, I've got this figured out. This person needs to also have it figured out. Or is it actually because, like I said earlier, we want to love and care for that person? We want to see them grow. An important part of this is prayer. And so before, even if it's just a small thing, before we actually say anything, we need to be praying about that um, and actually letting God's words come out. Because if it's our own words, 
that can sometimes be very damaging and damage that relationship. Um, in addition to this, when we're praying about holding someone else accountable, we also need to pray for courage and for boldness because it is a difficult thing to ask those tough questions. Um, because when we ask that difficult question, we open ourselves up to also be asked that same question in return. Um, but having said that, when we are having those difficult questions coming back and forward, that's where the real healing starts to happen. That's where we're digging into those deep things. We're finding those dark spots in our hearts and we're, we're inviting Jesus into that conversation and letting that light come out. Um, the difficult thing with, with having that real accountability is it's not something you can do right here and now. It takes time and it takes patience and it takes a long journey with, with one or two people um, to get to that place where you can really dig into those deep things. But it also takes a discipline. We can maybe do it once or twice, um, maybe even for a, a few months, but as soon as situations start to change, how do we then keep ourselves disciplined to that? Um, are we, we can have that newness of enthusiasm to, to start to dig into those things, but it's that spiritual discipline of doing it regularly that's going to really bring the healing that, that we need. Um, and, the, and once we do start getting to that place where we're able to share uh, openly and, and freely and invite Jesus into those conversations, there's a great comfort and a great peace that comes with that. Um, and, and holding others accountable is also a form of encouragement as well. Like I said, it's that love and that care that we want to show to the other person. Even though it might sound a bit strange that we're encouraging people by asking difficult questions, um, it's actually helping them bring that back onto that right path and, and that path that God wants us to walk. Um, encouragement, walking alongside someone and, and linking arms with them and um, supporting one another as we walk walk through this. Um, and again, it's it says in Scripture that, that we are told to do this. In 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, verse 11, Paul says, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. And so if we're willing and, and vulnerable enough to ask those right questions of one another, um, our times of holding each other accountable can be very encouraging. Another thing to remember is, as we're holding each other accountable is to remember we're actually all, all made in God's image. Um, and so if, if I said, like I said at the beginning, if, we, if we're not holding other people accountable, what does that say for how we're treating God? If, if we're seeing this other person made in God's image and we don't want to hold them accountable, what is it saying about how we care for that person? Do we really see them as made in God's image? Do we, do we, if we don't want to take that step of faith and boldness and courage to say, hey, what you're doing there isn't right, are we actually seeing that person as made in the image of God? And so we've talked about how we hold ourselves accountable to God, how we hold ourselves accountable to each other. Um, but again, in, in our work, how are we holding each other accountable to those things that we're doing every day?
So not in our personal relationships with God, um, but in what we've been called to here at hands. Um, it's, it's, we've looked at the we are of being accountable, um, and this is the we do of how we can be accountable. Um, but it's worth pointing out that unless we have, unless we have that place where we're being held accountable to, to others around us in our personal lives, it's going to be very difficult to hold ourselves accountable in those work things. Um, so some, some things just to think about. When we go into the community, where is our focus? What are we, what are we thinking about as we go into the community? How are we holding our ch- each other accountable to that? As we're in a car driving out to a community, wh- what are we talking about? Are we talking about what's, what's going on in the sport or, or what's going on at home? Or, or are we talking about what we're going to do when we get there? How are we holding each other accountable in that? Um, how, are we, how are we holding our ch- each other accountable to when we get to the, uh, the community and what conversations are we going to have with those kids and those care workers? What questions are we going to ask? And, and on, the, on the car ride home, are we, are we talking about, again, what's happening at the weekend? Or are we actually talking about, who did you get to know today? What, what's the child's story that you're going to take home today? How are we keeping each other accountable in that? And for, for those of us who maybe don't get to the community as much, how, how can we hold each other accountable in how we're caring for those in the community? Um, I, I think George touched a bit on this last week, but you know, when we're sitting in the office and we're plugging away or whatever, how, how are we constantly thinking of, of our kids in the community? Are we praying for them? Do we know a child by name that, um, that we can be praying for? And how are we holding each other accountable in that? Again, it might seem like it's a difficult thing to do, but even you know, halfway through the day, if we just turn around to someone and be and say, "Who who are you praying for today?" Um, I know if someone did that to me, I'd be like, "Well, I don't can't give you an answer for that." Um, so very much again, I'm speaking to myself here, and um, yeah, I'm asking you to to hold me accountable to that. Uh, who who am I praying for today? But it also goes. Another step as well, and, and how are we planning our time? How are we using our days to the best of our ability to glorify God? Um, those who will know me and know I'm not very good at planning. And so, again, I'm asking you to hold me accountable in that and not just rely on Christy to do my <laughs> meetings and stuff. Um, and so how am, I, how am I using my own time to um, glorify God in the best way I can? And how are we ch- holding each other accountable to that as well? In those meetings that we have, uh, are you one of those people who just lets the meeting go its course? Or are you one of those people who gets it back where it should be? Um, gets it back on topic? Um, are we holding each other accountable in that as well? If we, if we get to that place where we are able to do this well and we're able to hold each other accountable, um, it can, it can uh, promote a spirit of us honouring God and honouring those um, that we care for in our communities. Um, we're able to hold ourselves accountable 
uh, in our time, in our decision-making, and in our resources as well. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, as I said um, earlier on, we, we have being accountable to God through our quiet times and through building up our spiritual armor. Uh, we've looked at how do we hold each other accountable through meeting regularly with people and through making ourselves vulnerable, even though it's not easy. And how do we hold uh, each other accountable and how we serve the most vulnerable in those decisions that we make in those meetings? Um, how can we hold each other tightly and, and more accountable to that? Um, Lord, we're, we're sorry for those times that we haven't made ourselves vulnerable and haven't allowed people to keep us accountable. Lord, we're sorry for those times when we haven't confessed things to you and asked for your forgiveness. Lord, we know that you are the one who um, keeps us on the right path and, and through um, your own guidance, but through others as well, Lord. And so... And I pray for each of us today and myself that um, we, will, we will seek you more in how to, how to do this accountability thing well. Um, I pray for your guidance in our lives and that we will um, seek after a, a relationship with you and, and with others that, that is able to hold us um, on the right path, Lord. Lord, we know we can't do this without you. And so we ask you into this, Lord. Pray for your strength. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. www.handsatwork.org